Welcome, 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 guys, to another episode of the Black Celtic. Um, and I'm glad you guys are here with me today because there's a lot to get into. Um, and I, I guess this isn't. Te- I guess this is technically my first episode. Um, well, between my intro and between recording episodes and then kind of going back on them and deleting them, re-editing them, and then trying to put something out and then not putting it out and time passes by and it loses its relevance, this, that, and the third. Um, I guess technically this is my first episode of the Black Celtic. Um, the first episode was just the intro, of course, like I just said, um, kind of just recapping what I'm going to discuss in the future episodes and, you know, my, who I am, what I do and my relevance to these topics. Um, my name is Benyam. A lot of people call me Ems. Um, some people call me Nino for a variety of reasons. I have a lot of nicknames, but on here you guys can refer to me as the Black Celtic. Um, and the reason why I'm the Black Celtic is just because, one, I'm a black man living in Boston, Massachusetts, predominantly, uh, like a heavily predominantly white city. Um, however, my team and my, my, you know, I've been a heavy supporter of Celtics and, you know, just, just Boston sports in general for my whole life. Um, and just discussing, you know, in multi, I'm in multiple social groups as in, um, you know, social media groups as in like, you know, whether it's a football group or basketball group or just a sports group. Um, and the number one perspective that I get out of people who are from, who are not from Boston or outsiders essentially, um, is that when they think of Boston or when they think of Boston sports, they think of white males. Um, and at sporting events, you think of drunk white males. Um, and when you go to the games, such as myself, uh, I'm not a big game goer, but whenever I do go, uh, I feel like I stick out like a sore thumb. You know, you look around you in the cell, in the in the garden, in the Boston Garden, you don't really see that many uh, African Americans, Hispanics. You may see a few Asians, but it's mostly white. Truthfully, it's mostly white, um, and you just have a completely different perspective on everything when you're a different race. Um, that's not that's not a bad thing for sure. I mean, it, that's that's the reason why America is 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 so is so heavenly revered, so heavily revered around the world. Is just because it's a melting pot, and and it's just with just a beautiful a bunch of beautiful cultures. Um, but we do have it's we do have these issues that kind of. Um, supersede sometimes the beautiful culture that that we bring. However, um, man, I mean, if we're gonna talk about the Celtics, we there's there's almost no avoiding what's what's going on in 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 this in this playoff run right now. I see. I, I refuse to do the breakdown of game to game by game only because there's episodes I have done in the past in which I. I uh, broke down a game, say if it was game two of the first round series. But then, you know, but I understand how this podcast world works now. Uh, people don't really gravitate to different podcasts until weeks, weeks after, after, you, after you record that episode. Um, so to save you guys the time, and we're just going to discuss the overall, the overarching theme of this playoff. Right now, currently, they are 3-0 up on the hottest team in the playoffs. Uh, I mean, we're talking about Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons. We're talking about 21 of 23 wins um, coming into this series um, and probably just the hottest young duo we've seen in quite some time. Honestly, this this is 
we've seen glimpses of Magic and Kareem in these two. Um, and a lot of older people would be like, would be like pump the brakes because we know what Kareem was able to accomplish in his first year, in his rookie year. Um, but, I mean, listen, Philly coming into, the, coming into the second round, there was no doubt that they have a strong, there's a strong possibility that they can make it to the uh, NBA Finals. Maybe not, maybe lose to Golden State, but there was a great possibility that they would make it out the East at least, um, especially how Cavaliers were looking. Um, but how do you... How do you describe what is going on in Boston right now? I mean, they've they're down Gordon Hayward, of course, um, but we've grown accustomed to that. But now they're down Kyrie Irving, who's missed the whole playoff and honestly, like the last month of the season. Uh, Marcus Smart was out the whole first round, essentially. You know, came back game six, um, but playing with essentially one hand because his hand was so damaged. Every time he touched the ground, he was grimacing. Um, no Daniel Tice and, you know, even game one of this series, no Jalen Brown and we're st- and the Celtics have not lost a step. Mind you, Kyrie Irving was in the MVP race prior to getting hurt. He was a top five candidate prior to getting hurt. IT, Isaiah Thomas was the top five candidate at the end of last year. You know what the common theme is? Brad Stevens. When you have players like Isaiah Thomas and and Kyrie Irving playing at the level that they do on the offensive end, um, the game plan has to be defense. Defense first. And Celtics have truly embraced, because you don't see it often, you don't see it often. You see it from about one or two teams every year that separate themselves defensively. Um, Celtics have done that. They've truly, truly embraced. And Brad Stevens, I don't know what he's doing over there, but he has he has got his players to buy in. Um, and the number one thing I said, I was talking with my brother about this, about Brad Stevens. You know who the first person they got rid of when they uh, when Brad Stevens came? The first star, that or the first, like, player with a prominent role in the Celtics that they got rid of from Brad Stevens came? Rajon Rondo. And it's not because Rajon Rondo wasn't good anymore. Clearly, you see what he's doing now with the Pelicans. It's because Brad Stevens, as a young coach, you can't... There's not too many times a first-year coach can come into this league with a team with veterans and egos and be successful rarely works so what they did was give Brad Stevens a clean slate right he they had Celtics had the draft pick so he was in a good position um so they shipped off they shipped him off they shipped off uh Rajon Rondo got rid of the ego and brought in a bunch of young pieces a bunch of young pieces that are interchangeable May or may not be here for the following year, but they gave Brad Stevens breathing room and allowed Brad Stevens to implement a system that uh, wouldn't be allowed to be implemented with egos on his team. So when you were talking about possibly a DeMarcus Cousins coming to the Celtics or a Carmelo Anthony 
of four years ago coming to the Celtics or three years ago coming to the Celtics. Um, I was never a fan of that. Yes, would we have more talent on the team? Absolutely. With DeMarcus Cousins or Carmelo at that time, um, absolutely more talent on the team. But it wasn't. they weren't going to respect Brad Stevens. Like, you've seen it firsthand when Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett and Joe Johnson and, De- and Deron Williams were on the Nets. Jason Kidd, first-year coach, fresh out of retirement from being a player. They didn't respect him. They did not respect him as a coach, and that's the reason why they lost. They didn't lose to the Heat because the Heat were just flat-out better, even though they were. They lost because they, from game one of the season, they never bought into what Jason Kidd was going, what what Jason Kidd brought to the team. Um, I say that just to say Brad Stevens was in an ideal position, and now he's built his resume enough that if he could take on stars if he wants to take on stars. We, he could take on egos at this point. The league respects him. The league fears him. I'm convinced. I said this about LeBron going to the Cav- uh, going to the Spurs. I'm convinced he would never go to the Spurs because Spurs are the only team in the league that LeBron would not, if he was to go there, he would not have control over what happens in that in that organization. Not in management, not on the floor, because that's Pop's team. Pop runs that team. There would have to be a lot of, a lot of compromising on both ends. Pop would have no choice but to compromise because he has the greatest player in the game on his team. But LeBron, best believe, he would not have control over Pop. LeBron, uh, Pop was winning before LeBron. All LeBron would do is help Pop's legacy, and all Pop, all, 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 all that would, all that would happen with LeBron is Pop would help his legacy. So they would have to, they would have to find a middle ground. And I don't think at this point in LeBron's career, I don't think he's willing to do that. And the reason why I just brought that up was just because if he was to join the Celtics, I think Celtics are in that, in that universe of. Teams that if LeBron were to go to, it's not LeBron's team. And LeBron can say that about every team in the NBA. If he was to go to, it would automatically be be his team. If he was to go to Golden State right now, everybody in Golden State would have to have to adjust their games to LeBron. And that's a really good team with established players. Same thing with the Rockets. James Harden move over, Chris Paul move over. It's LeBron's team now. If LeBron came to the Celtics, I'm convinced Brad Stevens would still keep his system and still keep uh the ball movement and the you know the the defensive first mentality on that team, which it just seems like doesn't happen with LeBron. Miami, D Wade, move over. Bosch, move over. It's LeBron's team. And that's a credit to LeBron, but that's also a credit to Brad Stevens and Popovich, of course. It's ego-less basketball. That's what happens when you join those two franchises. Um, and, man, I mean, it's it's so sad because we're praising Brad Stevens, and he hasn't even won a championship. But he's dealt with a lot of adversity, and he's he's dealt as a coach. And he's dealt with 
he made the most of the hands he was given. As great of a coach as Pop is, if he didn't have Duncan, if he didn't have arguably the greatest power forward of all time, who knows if he would have won five, five of those championships. Right? Brad Stevens hasn't had a player remotely close to that, and he's been able to make it to the Eastern Conference, Eastern Conference Championship once and going on to a second time. Just has to win one more game. Um, so as much, as much praise as I would love to give Kyrie, cause I love his game, love his game. And I think he will be, a cha- I think he can, and I think he will be a champion, a champion under Brad Stevens. Um, especially with Gordon Hayward coming back next year, if he can even become 80% of who he was before, it's good enough. Still got Tatum for another three years. Still got Jalen for another two years. And you still got Rozier for another year. And Smart, who knows what's going to happen with him. Um, I would love to have him back. He is the heart of this team. Um, But I'm convinced we lost Avery Bradley, still the number one defense in the league. I'm convinced um, we, we we would find a very, 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 very solid replacement for Marcus Smart. But I want Marcus Smart back because he brings something that this you just you don't see on every team. You don't see it, um, and that's almost like the inevitable matchup: LeBron against the Celtics once again. And it sucks as a Celtics fan. It sucks because I think we can beat LeBron, but the the real my heart, my mind is saying we can beat LeBron. My heart is saying. Not a shot. Not a shot because I think LeBron has... There's two teams in the league I think LeBron has mind control over. And that is the, that is the Raptors, clearly. DeMar DeRozan had eight points last night. Didn't even play the fourth quarter. Um, so that is the Toronto Raptors, number one. And over this last six, seven, eight years... It has been the Celtics. He's had our number. Granted, he's always been on a better team. I can't say, yeah, actually a better team. This is the first year I could say he hasn't been on the better team. But as far as individual and as far as the roster goes, I still confidently say he has a more talented team than the the Celtics do. Celtics just play way better as a team. And that's why we've been way more successful. With Kyrie, I can't say that they're a more talented team, but without Kyrie Irving, they are a more talented team than the the Celtics are. Brad Stevens is just that good of a coach that he can get us this far. That's what the East is about. The East, if you have a good enough coach in the East, you can make it pretty much to the finals. West, not so much. You need the talent. East, you just need... You need a few things to go your way with LeBron and you need just genius coaching and you can get as far as you can you can you can get as far as you want. How good has LeBron been though? Is that so that that that's to me is the individual I mean uh, the sorry, the inevitable matchup. How good has LeBron been though? He's been sensational. He's the greatest player of this time. 
I think that's without a doubt. And I am a Celtic fanatic who has essentially studied LeBron his whole career because he's always been in the Celtics way, whether we had to beat him or whether we needed to beat him to get to a certain point. Um, and there's a lot of false narratives that come with LeBron and the Celtics. Oh, he ended the big three in Boston. No, 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 no. Oh, he ended, he ended the big, th- he ended the Pistons run. No, these teams were old by the time he got to where he is. The Celtics took them to get to, took the Heat to Game Seven in 2011-2012 Eastern Conference Finals to play against the Thunder. But LeBron played sensational in that Game Six and forced the Game Seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know the story, but. Let's be honest, Celtics may have been a, be- a better team as far as team goes, but nobody, nobody thought the Celtics should have competed with the Heat. That's evident. And this whole notion that LeBron owns the Celtics, I don't believe that neither. He's beaten the Celtics and he's had their number, but it's easy to be great when you have an advantage. You just have to be yourself. He's had an advantage for the last eight years. He's had the better team for the last eight years. You take away LeBron from that team, even Kyrie and Kevin Love with a solid coach. They were more talented than the Celtics or D Wade and Bosch. Take LeBron out of that equation. They were more talented than the Celtics. The Celtics were old. KG wasn't the same. KG resorted to a spot-up shooter. Paul Pierce was still a was still Paul Pierce. Um, at times he was a la- he was lazier over the years, but he was still Paul Pierce. Ray Allen was still a sharp shooter, but they were more and, as as every year they became more and more one di- one dimensional. So the whole narrative and notion that LeBron ended the big three in Boston, don't don't believe that. Don't believe that. But that does not take away from what LeBron is doing this year. This year, LeBron, this this honestly is the most impressive run I've ever seen LeBron go on. I mm, let me take that back. Besides the 07 run that he did. With that Cavs team um, and how he's gotten through the Pistons, even though the Pistons were old, they were still a better team than the Cavs. And I think by a large margin, I don't even think it was close. The Pistons were Toronto this year. Toronto was by a large margin better than Cleveland. And not even for most of the season, for all of the season and going into this round, they were the better team. Somehow, LeBron is willing his team past past the Raptors. It's, they, they're calling it LeBronto. Is LeBron clutch? He hit a butter be- buzzer beater last night. Um, an impressive buzzer beater, too. It was driving left off, I think, the wrong foot. And it was like a one-hander off the glass. And it looked 
And that's the difference. I, I, like, we've seen LeBron buzzer beaters in the past, and I hate that whole thing with, oh, every time he hits a buzzer beater, now he's clutch. I guess. But a lot of those buzzer beaters he did either were given to him, like literally the Indiana when Paul George was guarding him, gave him the whole lane to make a layup for the buzzer beater. If that means you're clutch, then I, I mean, I don't know. Or the magic where he kind of just threw it up. It wasn't really like a focus shot. Like the one he had against the Pacers this this year in the first round, that was a focus shot. But again, it was a shot that Thaddeus Young let him catch it so cleanly, take one dribble to the left and pulled up. These are just breakdowns defensively that... I feel like a, I feel like a LeBron hater by taking away a buzzer beater. That's not easy. If you even if you had an open shot, that's not easy. But if we want to be completely honest, that that last night's buzzer beater was oof. Now again, that was another breakdown. You're a defender on LeBron James. How many times has LeBron James pulled up going right? How many times has he pulled up going to his right? The answer is the chances are slim to none he's going to pull up going going right. But you let him beat you to his left, which he is easily at his best. And he hits a difficult shot off the backboard because you need a really soft touch if you're going to go that fast. And float it off. But... Watching this series is just making me think. I don't know. Is it more LeBron or is it more about Toronto? I think it's a, I think it's a mixture of both. Toronto has been as bad as LeBron has been that good. I don't know. But what's going to happen when the Celtics and Cavs clash? The Cavs are here. The Cavs, the Cavs that the this that you know everyone is worried about. They're here. Because we are watching Kyle Corey hit virtually every shot. Kevin Love is slowly but surely finding his rhythm again. Um, who else is? Tristan Thompson's back in the lineup getting extra possessions. And people don't understand. There's a lot of things that Tristan does that doesn't go on the stat sheet. Tristan will battle with you for an offensive rebound and eventually hit it out of bounds. And people don't understand how big that is. That is a huge play. That prevents fast breaks. That prevents you from being able to get up the court before their defense is able to set up. That's what Tristan Thompson brings to the team. And where do the Cavs lack most? Defensively. And what part of the defense? Transition defense. So when they play the Celtics, I expect the best version of this year's Cavs team to show up. And as great as the Celtics have been, it's mainly been Brad Stevens out-coaching the opposing coach. And do I think he can out-coach Tyron Lue? Absolutely. But when you have a player like LeBron on the other team, LeBron makes up for a lot of the... a lot of the... miss... Missteps on the coaching part for Cleveland. The undisciplined 
on the Cavs, LeBron makes up for. So is that eventually going to be able to win? If we had Kyrie, I would say without a doubt. Uh, and it's going to be close. It's going to be a good one. And I'm, and as a Celtics fan, all you can do is hope that Raptors can win two more games, you know, and Celtics be able to wrap this up in four and get as much rest as possible, get Jalen as healthy as possible, and get as many reps as possible, um, all the young guys, and we can go in fresh, and hopefully the Cavs are a little bit more beat up. Hopefully Kevin Love gets, I don't wish harm on anybody, but hopefully Kevin Love gets beat up to end this series and comes into the Celtics series with a hurt back or like, you know, a hurt just sore body parts that 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 uh, that that does not allow him to play at his highest level. Because if he's playing at his highest level, he's been the reason why. LeBron is always going to be LeBron, but Kevin Love has been our biggest mismatch. He's dominated, but this year we have more rim protectors. We have Baines. We have oh well, Tice isn't there anymore, but Horford is just a lot better. He's able to play the four, so he's a lot better around the rim these days. He doesn't have to take on the big bodies in the paint as much. We have Monroe, who's able to rebound more. We have players who can rebound. Way more than last year. Way more than the last few years. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be a good one. It's 20, we're 25 minutes in, guys. Thank you. This is the Black Celtic Podcast. Um, and I'm really, really looking forward to more episodes. Um this is the goal, you know. This is this is this is what I'm gonna do. Record everything short and sweet for you guys, um, and hopefully you guys follow along. And this may not even be the episode you guys listen to in you know a few weeks. It may you guys may see about eight nine more episodes before you even hear this episode. But this is the um this is the one. This is the catalyst, and this is the one who this is the one that um is really going. You're gonna look back and be like, you know what, Benjamin, he's a the black Celtic. He's a genius. He called it. He knew it. He knew it. You'll get more information out of me in the future episodes, though. Um, Thank you for tuning in. This is the Black Celtic. I need to get a drink.